0: Amen. Well, we can take some time this term to think about the good news. And I'm just going to kick us off with a few thoughts this morning. Um, and then over the next few weeks, individual preachers will take passages that communicate something of the good news of Jesus uh, over this first first half of the term. And it's an interesting thing, isn't it, when uh, we look at that. I don't know whether... Um, any of your friends who are not Christians, if you ask them and say, well, what, what do you think of Christianity? No, honestly, Christianity. I wonder how many people would describe Christianity that, you know, as good news. I mean, that's probably a strong statement. Christians are very familiar with that phrase, good news. I mean, what is at its heart? Is it all goodness? I mean, do we believe that? That actually is all goodness. And is there anything newsworthy really, about Christianity? We just celebrated the resurrection uh, of 2,000 years ago. And in many ways, I think to many in the world, a bit like yesterday's news. So, what's, what's at the heart of it? What would we most good? And why can we still talk about it as good news? I don't know about you. Does anybody think if they asked any of their friends that they would say, that yeah, Christianity is good news? I reckon if I went around the streets of Walmart. Last people, that a very small percentage would probably say good I you mean, They might respect some things about it. They might have a memory about it that they can point to it to get, they'd also have a lot of baggage, probably, that they'd want to talk about it. But actually, Christianity has always talked about itself as good news. Now that here's, here's the run, you see, if Christianity is good news, I don't know, if someone came up to Nicola or to Brian or to Dave or to um, Steve and back, or to Joan, and said, You know, I'm one of your friends, they were one of your friends or one of your work colleagues, and just they had this moment where they said, You know, I know you're a Christian. What, what's the deal? What, what, why? What's, what's good about it? Sell it to me. You know, if, I mean, I anybody had that kind of conversation recently? Oh, okay, nobody's had that conversation recently. But, but actually, that's interesting to So, so if we have something that is really deeply good, deeply good, so good that it traps everything else, then surely that's something we would want to share. Surely that's something we want to share. And the question is how do we go about that? How do we go about that? How do we capture the essence of the goodness of Christianity and the news centre that grabs people's attention in today's world? Where Many people may talk about spirituality in a kind of vague way, but not really get to the heart of who Jesus might be or what's at the heart of Christian faith.
1: So we're going to spend the first part of the summer looking at looking at what's celebrating,
0: look at what, what we can say about it. And one of my prayers is that over the next few weeks, it's that we to help us find ways of communicating with others and um, different things that we can say that good news about Christianity. I think I may have mentioned um, before, and this book was written a few years ago, but there was a book written um, over, over a decade ago. It was actually based on some research that was done in the States around the younger generation. And they surveyed a whole lot of the younger generation in the States and said, what do you think of Christianity? What do you really think about it? And these were the words they came back and said about Christianity. The book, the name is a the book, they produced a book, and it's called UnChristian. christian Because it was a perception of a load of people who were Christians, and they said that what they experienced doesn't look like Christianity. What they said is this, they said that they, their predominant impressions of Christians is that they were hypocritical, that they were all only interested in getting you saved, they were very sheltered in their kind of outlook African life. They were too political, they were incredibly judgmental, and they were anti homosexual Those were the kind of main themes that came out of this survey that was done. So how is it that we talk about the fact that this is good news, yet the world doesn't seem to know? Yet the world has seemed to be able to see beyond our whole other things. How is it if we're Christ's ambassadors on this earth today? We find ways of communicating the goodness of the heart of our faith. How do we get our message across, And this is how uh, Mark begins his account of Jesus' life. We're just going to look at two verses. Very brief for this morning, and I'm going to do it in a short time. Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. This is the account of Jesus' life that Mark proves. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I'm going to read those again because actually it's only two verses. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is coming. Repent and believe the good news. Now, most of you will know that the word gospel, which Christians often use, is translated from the Greek word used in the Bible, euangelion, which is translated here in the NIV as good news. When you see the word of good news, in the Bible, that's used in our translation of the Greek. It's a translation of that Greek word, you Jesus went proclaiming the good news of God and repent and believe the good news. Mark records that that's what Jesus did. Now, the word good news in the Greek combines two particular words from the Greek one of which is angelion, angelis, sorry, which is the word for announcing news, and the ubit, eu. Uh, which means joyful. So it's an anti news and joyful. So if you put the source of the words together, what it's saying is it's a literal translation of it is news that brings joy. Christianity is news that brings joy. Now the thing is, this word that's used in the Greek isn't actually a religious word, it's not a word that was kind of distinct to Christians. It was actually used in the society at the time. It was actually used in the culture at the time. And it was used to kind of communicate something about history-making, life-shaping news. As opposed to just routines. So it was a word that was specifically used to communicate something of magnitude and life-changing in the world. So, for example, that word is used to announce when a new emperor is ascending to the throne. When a new king is enthroned, they would announce the gospel of the new king, the new emperor. Or when a battle, a great battle victory has happened, they would announce the news through that. And they would use that word. That's the word they used in the society at the time. Because this was history shaping news. This news had magnitude and it would change people's lives. It wasn't just a little bit of information. So when the Bible uses the word "news," right here we see the essence of the difference between Christianity and other religions and all other philosophies. It gets to the very heart of the difference between our faith and what other people believe. See, the essence of all other philosophies and all other religions is essentially this: it's advice. It's advice. It's kind of saying if you do all these things your life will be better. If you do all the things, things will get better. If you do all these things, you'll earn your way to God. Or you'll find your way to God. Or somehow miraculously you will become worthy of God. But Christianity is news. Christianity is news. And news, what do we do with news? News is something you receive because of what it's already been done. Now for us as Christians, what we're saying is, the news is of all Christ has done for us. And the thing is this, you say, well, yeah, that's very simplistic, but in essence, the thing is this, is that when any advice is given to us, even good advice is given to us this. Ultimately, there's an aspect of advice that will ultimately weigh you down, however good that advice is. Because the reality is all advice is trying to enable you, To reach something better, to get to something better, to earn your way to something that will somehow produce you the perfect life or the perfect type of thing. But for Christians, the news for us is this, is Jesus Christ has already done it for you. Jesus Christ has already done it for you. He's done it for you in history and it simply needs to be received and believed. Received and believed. Now, what I'm going to do, just briefly, is just talk about a few things as we kick off that um, different people have used to try and communicate. Yeah, well, that seems a bit simplistic. Tim, tell me something a little bit more. And so, over the last few years, I've picked one or two people who have tried to communicate something a little bit fuller about what that news might mean. So, one person, for example, I'm quite human, Uh, partly because of the contrast is one of the brightest minds uh, of people who lived uh, particularly in the terms of talking about theology, He's a very famous theologian, Those people who um, study theology and think about God someone called Karl Barth who's revered in academic circles has written books that would go across the world, but he famously said, when he was challenged by a group of students to say, well, what what, what at the end of it? What does it all come down to? How do I communicate something? about all this complex story, the Bible is a book. And all he did, Carl carved to his students, he said this, he said, Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. One of the brightest minds, Jameson. That encapsulates something that looks so simple. One of the other people, um, a few years ago, I encouraged you to have a read of. Some of you would have read it, others may not have done. There's uh, a pastor called Rich Nathan who wrote a book called Both Hands that uh, encouraged some people to read. He just retired from leaving his church in the States. But he, he had a go saying so a little bit more than that. And this is what he said. He said this, he said, the good news is that the crucified and risen Jesus is Lord, and that his life, his death, and resurrection began to transform the world. And this transformation can happen to you and I if we trust and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And one of the great things about that is we then get to partner with God, in the great project of world transformation. Christ lived, Christ died, and Christ rose again. That's what we celebrate Easter. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to transform the world. And this process won't be completed until the Lord returns. Now, I know that's not the words, but there's a lot in there. A lot of good things in there that try to get to the heart of what it is in a nutshell we believe. The amenity step that we went through over the last week absolutely central to getting to the good news that we want to share. The good news of the gospel. I reckon, I don't know I've done this before, and maybe we're out of lockdown a bit more. When you ask someone, say, for example, pick me your favourite Bible verse. Often when you ask people to do that, they, they choose a verse that really is the essence of what is drawn to faith. You see it through pretty much every sporting event. You see some of up John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have an eternal life. There are lots of others, and I'm sure if I asked you, you're kind of thinking, not as a test, but to say, well, what could you say about what you do believe? What could you say about what's really important to you? What could you say that you really hold to at level of that? This is another version this morning. This is my last one before we bring it to head. So we were created by a good and loving God to be in a whole and healthy relationship with God who is our King. We were to be in healthy relationships with one another, with God and the world of creation. But we chose to be our own King. We weren't satisfied with God as King. So we chose to do things our own way and go our own way, choosing our own selfishness and our self-absorption, starting in the garden. And a consequence of that is all our relationships have suddenly have become fractured and broken. And as a consequence of all that, the world is not as it was meant to be. The world is not as it was meant to be. So although we can look at lot of the beautiful things in the world, we don't need to look far to see wars in our world, family breakdowns in our world, racism in our world, sexism in our world, class wars, sickness and disease in our world, addiction, anxiety and fear in our world, and obviously the pain of death itself. It's not the way God intended it. But God did something about it. God did something about it in sending his one and only beloved Son in Jesus. Jesus, the King, came back, came into the world, sent into the world to heal, save, and restore the brokenness in our relationships. That is Jesus. That is our King. That is our Saviour. And that's why Easter is such big news. Jesus is that king, is that savior, is that healer. They you yeah, well, what does that mean? Well, the thing is this, is that like a child that blossoms and thrives, and a loving, wise, good parent. So we begin to heal, under the loyal and loyal hands of the risen and sent Jesus when we trust in him. Will you trust your life? To him. Jesus came announcing and proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom, calling people to repent and to turn away from their own selfishness and their own self-absorption to being their own king and said, trust me. Put your trust in me. Repent and turn to me and believe in the eternal king who will bring you eternal life you know, and I still believe, even though we live in a generation of time when not lots of people are flooding to come to know Jesus, we're not baptizing hundreds of people in our nation. We're not seeing all the things, yes, God is at work and doing things, but but I still believe people do still want to know. And actually, it's part of our job and our responsibility and our calling to help people see Jesus for whom he is. People long to find a true king. They really do. They may not express it that, but they do. They long to find a community of God's place, of God's love, of good news. A place or a people of God's presence where we can find healing and hope again. A community where people really can thrive. So what do you think of the essence of God's good news this morning. You need just to take a moment to realize that the
1: temptation
0: to go your way and to continually to put yourself as king is a very real one for each one of us. And this morning just to say, Lord, I trust you as my true and only king. Are you prepared, prepared to turn away from Lord? And sin and all that hinders and turn to God this morning. And to believe one of the delights probably I get more than you is that I had a phone call um, last week um, to say again to Crown Hill, the nursing home. And uh, I went in, just they said I someone needs to see you. And so you never quite know what you're going to get. You just get a phone button turn around. Did all the COVID checks that I now have to do. Waited a while to get all my checks. Uh, went in and I sat with a lady i have never met before. And uh, the nurse just said to me, well, she just really needs to speak to a priest. So apparently as a priest. be <laughs> And actually, basically, I had the delight of 45 minutes of someone saying to me, I've neglected God, and I want to turn back." She's towards the end her life, and the privilege of being able to, to point her again to Jesus to show that forgiveness is available, it's not wasted, it's never too late. And the joy of leaving her again to our loving Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning for the magnitude of your good news that I'm just in a gentle way, a little way I've tried to talk of some of those things this morning, communicate some of those things. But one of the things that I constantly have in my mind for us a church is that we have this extraordinary extraordinarily well at treasure for us a church, but we're finding a way to share it. But this morning I want to pray for anybody this morning who doesn't realize how treasured they are and how good God is towards them. But this morning that they would know that afresh. They would know of your goodness, know of uh, how much you love to know them and to bless them and to draw them into your life. Would you help us discover the riches of your goodness over this coming season as a church? Father, I pray too that you would help us find ways to share that with others. Holy Spirit, I pray, would you come afresh upon us as your people. Would you empower us to be your witnesses, not just to try and do everything in our own strength, but to know that you have gone ahead of us you can equip us and enable us to walk with you. Thank you for the people you've given each one of us in our arms. Family, friends, colleagues, work colleagues, neighbours. Would you grow us in our confidence to communicate something of your goodness, something of the news at the heart of our faith. Father, would you reveal yourself by your spirit through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Oh. My.